This is the fear of science. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that dives into the wide world of science and science-adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new fear, along with special guests, discoveries, learning, surprises, and more along the way. My name is Daniel Chai. And I'm Jeff Porter. And today we are exploring uh, the fear of... Of children. Yeah, this is one we've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I think it was one of our first uh, ideas we came up with in the brainstorming session, like almost two years ago now. The idea, obviously, you know, it came to us as we were uh, being uh, terrorized by a group of children, very young. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah. were very weak and scared at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But luckily, uh, here to explore this fear, the fear of uh, children uh we are joined on our podcast today by two special guests who are uh who bring their experiences uh to our episode to help us learn a little bit more uh who do we have joining us today on the fear of science uh my name is nina wilder uh, i am an actor comedian producer owner of laugh wild comedy productions um i love that you said we're sharing our experience because i'm going to share my experience of having zero dependence so <laughs> That's an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you very much, Nina. And I'm Maxine. I'm the director of the new film called To Kid or Not To Kid, which CBC broadcast as a cut down. Um, It's not the whole film on TV, but it's available all across Canada on digital viewing as well now. And it's awesome to be here. And I love talking about this subject. So, um, yeah, really excited to dive in with you guys. Oh, amazing. Thank yeah, th- this is something, this is a subject that is very personal to both Daniel and I. Um, I've been child-free by choice uh, since I was in my, well, I've always been child-free by choice. It's not like I wasn't child-free by choice at any time, <laughs> but like very strongly child-free by choice uh, since I was in my late 20s. Um, and then we were talking, uh, we were doing Fear of Conversations the other day. And uh, Daniel shared a great story about uh, him being child-free by choice as well. Um, so when that happened, we are like, you know what? We need to do this episode really bad now. Yes. And uh, uh, Maxine, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Jeff then shared the, the, CBC, uh, the CBC screening of your documentary, which is again called Too Kid or Not Too Kid. Um, and Jeff spoke very highly of it, and I watched it, and I, and I really loved it as well. I uh, watched it with my my wife, and we are child free as well. And definitely, really interesting to see other people's experiences, and to also use that to reflect on our own. So, and let's all huddle and just sort of say congratulations for our decision, because very few people actually congratulate people for not having kids. And I make it a real point now that when somebody tells me they've decided to not have kids, to congratulate them for it. And I even made some biodegradable balloons that said congratulations for not having kids because when do we have our parties, right? um, You know, it's like, that's a big deal for me. So um, congratulations to all of you and to me too. Yes, absolutely. Can we do a big uh, big balloon reveal? Uh, It's not a boy or a girl. Nothing in there. Exactly. 
<laughs> now, for for our listeners who may not have heard of Two Kid or Not Two Kid yet, uh, perhaps this is the first time they're hearing about it. Uh, can you share with us uh, the what is the elevator pitch for this documentary, and what inspired you to create Two Kid or Not Two Kid? Yeah, thanks. I mean, essentially, if I think back to now, six years ago when I started filming. I really filmed it, gosh, this is going to sound like, um, I mean, hey, I'm a documentary maker. The reason we make documentaries is because we're exploring subjects that we want to know more about. Like it's an it's a place that gives us uh, um, an excuse so I could go and interview all of these people while I was coming to terms. Like I kind of knew what my choice was, but I had been, I'd hidden it. I buried it so deep because I felt society was telling me I was strange or weird or somehow wrong to be feeling like this. So it gave me this excuse or a reason for being really. And it allowed me to explore why I wasn't allowed to talk about not having kids. And that's Mm. really the genesis. Um, And it allowed me, the film really is my process of coming out about my decision. And I think I knew it from early on, but I didn't know how to verbalize it. And and that's why I made the film, because there wasn't a film like this out there. And I really felt that it would really help other people like it helped me, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's a it's a hard journey. It's a hard thing to realize and it's a hard thing to accept. I think a lot of people um, don't have children and live their lives without children. But to say that you are child free by choice is so definitive and and you kind of have to have i don't want to say pride necessarily in it but acceptance in it and and want in it which is a hard thing ownership of your identity like any identity Mm -hmm. you know and how i like to frame it now is i i decided you know I wasn't um I didn't have a great memory to be a lawyer um I didn't like the sight of blood so I couldn't be a doctor like at, being child free is part of my decision and part of my identity and I want to make it this kind of much more casual unweighted conversation and that's mm-hmm. why I, I really tried to include humor in the film there's there's points in the film where you could laugh as well as cry as well as have all of these emotional experiences and I love this about your podcast you know you you merge humor and science and (laughs) and it's a really great way to storytell right it's a great way to be inclusive and allow people access points and um so far so good the responses have been amazing yeah. Oh, I love the documentary. Actually, uh, I kickstarted, uh, donated for the Kickstarter of it. So I've got the full version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And thank you so much, Jeff. Because awesome. honestly, you know, without Kickstarter supporters, these types of films don't get funded. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for you for finding it back in, you know, 2016 when I was running the mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, it's great. You've got the whole film. Yeah. And I think as well, uh, like, it's, it's finding that community as well. So I'm often looking for things for child-free by choice people. Uh, there's no really communities in Vancouver at all. So when I found your documentary, I was like, yes, I need to, I need to see this film when it comes out. Uh, so I was happy to back. Oh, thank, thank you, you now, so much. Uh, uh, for, for myself, as, as alluded to, um, yeah, uh, for myself, I've, I've had the conversation with with my father, my father 
uh, would love for me to to have children and be able to um, give him grandchildren, as it were. And uh, that having a conversation with him that, uh, you know, I, I, as a child, I, I never want to make my parents angry, right? Or not mm-hmm. not even angry, but disappointed. Disappointed yeah. is way worse. Um, so so I've definitely had to uh, have that, you know, process it myself, and then process how to have that conversation with with my father and my family. And that's definitely a hard one. Uh, now, uh, I wanted to check with Nina. Uh, Nina, you don't have any children. And, you know, even, even asking this question, I feel a little bit strange because it's hard. I think that I, I'm a respectful, res- responsible enough person that I'm like, ooh, I know that it may not necessarily be, you know, apropos to ask a- another person. So do you have kids? Do you want to have kids? Why not? So uh, out of curiosity, Nina, have you ever had a similar experience that I've had with my parents? Have you had to have the talk with them? Well, as I'm listening to you all, it sounds like there's a very, there's a moment where you're, you have this definitive answer. And I'm fascinated by how you came to that, because for me, it, it didn't feel uh, like something I ever had to sort of sit down and make a decision about. Uh, I haven't had the I've always been of the opinion thing, big event, life event things such as like finding the right person, getting married or, or, um, having kids. It's something that I can maybe think about, uh, hum and haw about, but until the situation happens till it feels right, it's never been something I had to decide on. I always told myself if the decision comes, I'll ask myself when it comes. So I never really had the chance to say yes or no. Um, Mm. I've actually been on my own for, I would say nine, almost 10 years now. So I've, I've just never had, I actually, I did think about it one time, whether I might adopt, even Mm. if I didn't find a partner. And that was only because I, I've had such a good experience, um, in my family, like having a family unit, um, but that doesn't mean like I I don't want, wouldn't want to do it to be necessarily a mom. I would just want to do it because I've, I'm just so I just love having family. I have a lot of friends that feel like family to me. And so just be, if anything, it would just be expanding out my, my weird eclectic collected family. You know? <laughs> so. I think that's a great point you bring up though, Nina, is like, what is family these days? You know, I mean, you can probably hear from my accent. I live a long way away. I'm based in Brooklyn. I live miles away from my um, blood family. But I feel exactly the same as you, Nina. I feel like, and always have done, really felt that my friends and close friends are family too. And I don't buy in anymore to having, you know, everyone's blood family and then the extended family, you have to be related to everyone. I just Mm. don't think that's the case anymore. And I think there's, uh, you know, especially in this time of lockdown, you know, um, if you've got great neighbors or people around you, you know, sometimes they can be just as close and closer Um, so yeah, I love that you bring up the whole concept of family too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like family should be the people that are there for you ultimately, in my opinion, like it should not be this obligatory, oh, we have to spend Christmas dinner with people we hate. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Now, now, uh, I wanted to uh, bring it back into, um, the, the fear, uh, the fear part of the fear of science and um uh, i'm always very uh you know jeff and i whenever we have guests on and even for ourselves it's always interesting to hear about 
why people have these specific fears. So um, I'm curious for everyone on this podcast and those listening, uh, why are why are why are there some people who are afraid of having children, but also at the same time, why are there people who are afraid of not having children? You know, mm. uh, whether you know the 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 clock is ticking, familial pressures. Yeah, why why do I mean, you know, there's probably a thousand different answers for a thousand different people. But yeah, what do we think about that? Hmm. I mean, I'd love to jump in because just of having interviewed so many people about this, and I think I've read every single book now that exists, which is kind of exciting as well, because when I first started making this film, there were not the books out there. And every sort of year of making the film, you know, and and seeing another blog appear or another book appear has been super exciting. Um, So there's, there's, as you quite rightly said, Daniel, I mean, we're so individual and we all have so many different... um, once out of life or approaches to life. But I mean, there is a very real fear called tocophobia about the fear of pregnancy. And that's scientific. And um, I never suffered from being afraid of pregnancy. I actually kind of liked the idea of my body changing. But for many, many women, um, their bodies change so dramatically. And, you know, really, you know, I mean, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to put <laughs> too many people. You know, I don't want to cause more fear. More fear. Um, <laughs> but that's a huge thing for many women is not just the fear of tocophobia, as in the fear of being pregnant, but also the fear of their body changing so incredibly dramatically, not just from hormones, but actually the look of the body, etc. Um, but then like, I feel, <laughs> sorry, Nina, we like that movie Species, where it's just like, Whoa. yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and then there's like, you know, I think um, a lot of people talk about a fear of regret, and you know, when you talk about a fear of regret, I was afraid of regretting my child, and I mm. think that's a much bigger deal than regretting. Have you know, if you have kids and regret them, I think that can cause so much damage. And isn't it better for me to regret that than the other way around? Um, mm-hmm. But Daniel, we could be here for hours, I think, if we went through every single fear. <laughs> right. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, Daniel. I looked up some stats before this and I found that in Canada, apparently right now where we stand in 2020, uh, the statistic for couples with and without kids is 50-50, which I thought was surprising because you know condoms work better than that (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's another fear right contraception not working (laughs) absolutely um as uh you know for um uh for those who have not yet had a chance to watch two kid or not two kid um there is a part in in the documentary that we encourage you to watch because it's uh it it talks about exactly that. So it's uh, <laughs> um, now I, I guess, you know, for uh, so for Jeff, you know, speaking, <clears throat> you know, speaking man to man, as we often do. man to man. So often, um, you know, have you uh, for for myself, you know, my father wanted me to to have children and, and to uh, uh, to 
be able to give him grandchildren. Like that's a that's a direct quote. <laughs> give you mm-hmm. know, grandchildren, right? And, Continue the bloodline. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, did you did you ever have um, did you ever feel that sort of pressure from your family? And I and I say that you know uh, uh, the pressure from my dad. I think it's just it's almost like societal. Like, because it's different generation, you know, and now as Nina mentions, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, lots of couples, lots of people without children. But my, my father came from a, my father has had eight siblings. So mm. um, did, wow. did you ever, did you ever have any of that with, with your family as well, Jeff? No, I never really had it a whole lot, which is why I think the, the really definitive decision not to have children was a lot easier for me as well. Um, like they've always been very supportive of my decision. I, I do think that it helps a little bit that my sister had children, (laughs) um, because that did help take the pressure off me a little bit. Uh, and I love being lucky, (laughs) (laughs) but I love being the, the cool uncle and I love spoiling my, my nephews. And, and that's that when we were talking about family, that's, that's what I love. I don't feel the need um, to have one of my own uh, to get that kind of satisfaction. And unfortunately, my family don't live in Vancouver. They live in Calgary. Um, so I don't get to see them very often, but, you know, try to be there as much as possible. Right. Uh, Nina and uh, Nina and Maxine, do you have nieces, nephews? Dog. <laughs> I'm a dog aunt. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm a uh, I'm a cat uncle to many different cats. Exactly. Um, you know, for me, actually, both my sister and brother had kids when they were very young, and it was a great education for me to see actually everything that went into bringing up children. And I think the more people can see what it really takes to make a really quantified decision, quantifiable decision. And these things are hard because it involves emotions and we can't be incredibly scientific about yeah. these decisions. However, seeing examples, seeing how um, how much responsibility, as well as, you know, obviously there's lighter and fun moments, but I didn't think I could do it. And so it was great being able to see that and really be able to look at that and consider that and spend time with that and realize it wasn't for me. Um, and I feel for you, Daniel, because are you the are you the only child? Um, I am the youngest, youngest of three, but my but my two older siblings do not have children either. So I th- mm. I think it's one of those. All right, Daniel's the last shot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Now, you know, I do wonder, you know, why, uh, you know, even for myself, uh, Jeff, I'm glad that we're having this this podcast because it's an opportunity for me to practice talking about this. But even in asking, you know, questions and even in thinking about it, um, I find it, I still find it a little bit difficult to to actually just even talk about this subject mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, you know, I, I maybe I feel guilty about not having kids or or maybe or maybe i i don't know how to ask someone else about uh, their their child their their child prospects yeah Um, it's a little bit of a minefield right like um one thing that i'm always worried about when i'm talking to people about me being child free by choice 
um, is not to offend people who do have children, because I don't think Agreed. it's it's not an us versus them. It's just a decision that I've made that's different than the decision that they've made. Um, but I think um, I've talked about this on different episodes too. I really think that we are really we're looking for people who are kind of part of our tribe, people who are similar to us that have the exact same life experiences is what society tells us that we should be looking for. Um, so when you have a friend whose trajectory veers off in such a totally different experience because they are having totally different experiences than you, I think it's really difficult to continue having the same relationship you used to have. Mm. You know, I do want to talk a little bit about that. And I've I've got kind of tons of things to say because, Daniel, I, I want to <laughs> respond to you, to you particularly. I made this film exactly for you. I made this film for you to be able to say to your family, did you see that film the other night on CBC? Did you like, you know, I'd love to chat to you about it because there has been such a wait and I really sort of want to break that weight down of like, if, I, if my family can talk or my friends can talk to me about the fact they're having kids, it should be allowed, it should be able, it should be a casual conversation where we can also talk about, you know what, I'm kind of thinking I'm, I may not have kids, you know, and, and let's have more of those conversations. Let's really, to make it not be this loaded. And the more of us that say, I'm deciding not to have children, I think the less weight is going to be surrounding it um and i i i really i'm you know that is on my heart in in a huge way um very early on in the film i i talk about a friendship a very very dear friend mm -hmm. that um the friendship exploded because i couldn't find the language and i think i caused offense um and you know the more now i talk about it i feel it's I feel things are shifting. I don't think as we're seeing it written about more, as we're seeing like, you know, the first film like this, we're seeing more books, we're seeing more articles. It's going to be able to, I think we're not going to cause so much offense because also the amount of times now I have brought it up to parents, they've been delighted to talk about it too because their journeys haven't been easy either. Mm -hmm. And the biggest surprise to me in making this film I never thought I'd get the response from parents that I've got where they've come up in the, their multitudes to thank me for making this film because they haven't been able to talk about how dark a journey it was for them having children. So I've really found all my, all my friends, my dear, dear friends who have kids, they're like, Maxine, this is part of you. We love you. You're, you know, part of our clan. Um, you're interested in our kids somewhat. We don't want to talk about our kids all the time either. So <laughs> some of these myths around parenthood are myths too, in the same way we have myths about being child-free that have mm. to be broken apart and changed as well. And sorry, I know I went on a little bit here, but I'm so <laughs> passionate about this subject. <laughs> That's actually who I end up being for a lot of my friends is uh, I'm the person to go for a beer with when you don't want to talk about your kids at all. Right. Um, I have a couple friends that recently had kids and they were like, all I friggin do is talk about my kid. 
and schools and every like they were like, I don't want you anymore. I'm like, mm, come hang out with me. I don't want to talk about your kid either. <laughs> right? But that's a, it's a huge myth. It's a huge myth. I really feel sorry for parents because I don't have to go through all those conversations. Yeah. And a friend actually said to me, we just have to pay lip service. It's like the thing we do is the etiquette. You meet, you talk about each other's family, and then you finally can move on to another subject. So, yeah, right. Jeff, you're you're hearing it right there. And I like I understand, I understand how how difficult it is when. Well, no, I should rephrase that. I do not understand how difficult <laughs> it is to be a parent at all. But I I do somewhat understand how when your entire life revolves around taking care of other lives, how it's difficult to get out of that mindset. So like, yeah, like Maxine, like you said, you know, you, you do need to do some lip service. You have to make sure that, that you're understanding your friend or your family member, whoever it is. Um, but yeah, I think just having different experiences and different point of views is not a bad thing. I think I've hit uh, another fear not obviously, um, I would say this is from my mom's experience. Uh, just seeing the style of parenting that I've had, uh, another fear of having kids is that your life is not your own anymore. Like mm-hmm. you literally will not be able to change or go back or reverse that decision. And if you're the kind of parent with that, that, that sense of value where that kid is now first priority, before yourself, that kid is now your dependent and, and their needs need to be met before your own. That's not going to go away. And unfortunately for, uh, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've had parents that love me. It's weird. Uh, but, <laughs> Lucky. But, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> but that, I mean, to have that kind of investment in someone, uh, I would say, that's probably the, the ideal, right? That you'd have that kind of parenting and, and that's the kind of parent a lot of people would probably want to be, but knowing in the back of their minds, maybe they're not ready for that commitment yet. That's a huge mm-hmm. commitment. That's a huge decision. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And now uh, uh, speaking of, um, I, actually, before we, we move on to, to the this next part that I'm curious to ask, um, I, out of curiosity, uh, Nina, it, within your Within your friend circle, um, colleagues, friends, uh, are there, do you find, um, uh, are we in the age range of where people are starting to have young children? Um, have you, you know, from from your perspective, uh, have, have, have your relationships changed or evolved with those people or have those people changed or evolved? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You caught me at a really good time. Uh, it's, it's literally like Canada stats, 50, 50. I've got, I've got one half. I've got all the friends that are starting, uh, they're either just had their first child or they're now starting their second. And then the other half are, are similar to me where they're usually the ones in the art industry. They're usually (laughs) the ones that are starting their own business. Um, and they're, they're barely hanging on to relationships. Um, not to say that they don't want necessarily want uh, a family, but I, I don't think it's just it's just not on their minds. Right. Uh, their 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 babies, as it were, are are their 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 work. Um, it's because their work is more like a vocation. It's it's who they are. It's their life. It's it's their child. It's what mm-hmm. they've dedicated themselves to. And I I which is something I really really relate to. Right. Uh, whereas have the friends that have had kids, it's I want to say. For the most part, it's 
something they always knew they wanted. Um, but for me, I'm for some people uh, that I know, I'm not entirely convinced because I know they come from, say, a background where they had this, and I've never experienced this, they've had this pressure to be um, this like d- domestic goddess. I'm talking about women mm. specifically, where you have to be this this image of like, I can cook, I can work, I can clean, I can be smart, I can play an instrument, and I can have a kid, and I'm going to be the perfect mom. And it's like, wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the most recent Swiffer ad that I saw. <laughs> um, okay. Or Pledge. Yeah. I love right. that you bring that up, Nina, because I, um, when I told somebody that I'm child-free and I also don't like to cook, they're like, well, what do you do with all your time? And, I, and I'm like, dude, and this is, by, this is from a guy. And I was like, I, I'm, you know, like, oh, so I'm, I'm meant to like to cook because I don't have kids. So I must have all this time. So it must mean I must like to cook. And it's, it's like, like yeah. all day. what's going on, Maxine? I know, right? Um, but I, I, I completely agree with you about the whole artist mentality as well. I, you know, every time, you know, I, I look at how long it takes me to make films. And actually, the last film I made before this one um, was just over um, on the other side in Alaska, just in the Tonga, so very near Vancouver. And, um, you know, every every documentary I make takes five years. And I look at some mm. of my friends' kids and I'm like, I've given birth to this project for a really long, the gestation period. It's like just about elephants. to be in kindergarten. Right? <laughs> oh. uh, wow. Now, uh, uh, that, that's a, a beautiful segue into this next portion. Um, uh, Jeff, uh, you for this podcast, you um, uh, came up with a number of... Uh, child-free misconceptions yes that uh uh, that we've already addressed a few but um i I think these ones i don't think we have had a chance to talk about yet um and i think you know just just like um as addressed in you know to to kid or not to kid uh the documentary by maxine trump um or or you know any number of uh books and and blog articles that are starting to come out um i think that we are still needing to try and clear up some of these misconceptions. So Jeff, what do we got? Yeah. Yeah. So one the big first one um, that I feel like we could debate or talk about uh, just for one entire episode is are child-free people selfish? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, that's our time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If only everyone could see our gesticulations, because Nina and I are kind of pulling our hair out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so much wrong with that statement. It's so, oh, there's it's so, so much. biased towards one side, which I find interesting because, A, I don't always agree with that selfish. Even the word should be shamed because when you're selfish, you're taking care of yourself. You're acting yeah. in the interests of yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean you're hurting anyone else. In fact, you're probably you're probably better to other people because you're taking care of yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Point two is that people with children can be just as, uh, I would say, in the more pejorative sense, more self-absorbed or narcissistic because they just want kids to fulfill their social expectations, uh, if, yeah. that's, if that's the line of reasoning there. So there's just so much wrong with that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's such a a simple but loaded uh, statement right. uh, that I feel, being child-free by choice, like, 
I've had directed at me a fair amount over my life. I've, I've um, heard it being said, uh, not to myself, but to other people while I've been around. So I do yeah. understand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. The answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the answer to most of these, but we still need to ask the question. Well, well uh, you know, as you are asking the question, Daniel, I mean, kind of jumping off from what Nina said, what is wrong with knowing what you want? And Mm -hmm. parents want children as non-parents don't want children. And it's about making us happy and content. And all I want for my friends are to be happy and content. So there's no winning the selfishness battle here because there is no, everybody's selfish. Um, And, you know, and if I have to take it a step further, which I actually don't like doing, but there are now reports on how much volunteering people can do because they don't have kids. And if Mm -hmm. we have to go down to those facts and figures, we can go there. But, you know, again, there's no there's no winning battles here because we're all in it together, making the best of of what we can do in this life, whether you have kids or whether you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly because there's no there's no reason to demand kids of anyone if anything there's there's is just as many arguments not to as to do so yeah. i mean there's t- they talk about the the fear of guilt about the environment why are you having kids when there's there's all these kids you can adopt and they're they're going to be like more resources which is a weird way of thinking about it but uh, it's true though yeah it's, it's absolutely true. true yeah that's definitely one of the things that factors into to the decision I've made for sure. Um, I I agree, Jeff. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. I think part of it too, is that I've just never, um, I've never looked at a child and had that feeling of like want. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. Well, like (laughs) I look at a cat or a dog and I lose my crap. I, I love animals so much. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I see pure happiness in my cat, Tilly. Um, <laughs> but I've never felt that for a child Whoa. before. Hold on. Well, <laughs> Jeff, maybe maybe that just leads me to ask you a question slash misconception number two. Jeff, does that mean that as a child-free person that you hate children? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. And that's that's a great question to kind of follow up on it is that I, I don't hate children. Like I said earlier, I, I love uh, my nephews. I love my friends' kids. They're all absolutely incredible. Um, I just have never felt the need to have that in my life right. every day. <laughs> but I have to be honest, I get bored around having uh, around kids. Like I, mm. I'm, I get bored after a few hours. I'm playing with them and doing, you know, my auntie duty. And I'll say that to my, you know, oh. I have dear nieces and nephews, but I, I got bored, and mm-hmm. and I think that's totally fine admitting that as well. As do a lot of parents, you know, they're yeah. like in the time of COVID, bless their hearts, you know, they're like trying to oh. teach, they're trying to mm. da 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 and everything. And I'm like, hats off to you because I could not do it. And I think it's fine to say. Actually, I didn't want kids because I didn't think I'd enjoy being around them a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Who wants right. a parent that doesn't want to be around their kids? <laughs> 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 I just flip it around here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally. <laughs> okay, 
okay, mom, we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we did a morning of work. We're going to go to peace out now. It's a great responsible decision. <laughs> Just knowing that. <laughs> I couldn't even do it for a cat, actually. I was fostering a cat for a while. And I kid you not, this cat out-affectioned me. <laughs> this is my personality. Just, it starts nuzzling my neck. And I'm like, I'm trying to eat. <laughs> I'm pushing up. <laughs> they love you even more if you do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that with kids too. Just why won't you love me? Yes, no. Do I need to? Do I need to love you harder? <laughs> oh wow, that's uh, that's another fear uh, episode. Fear of cat, cat But I, you know, I think you know a lot of a lot of what we're talking about is is definitely about um, you know trying to uh, it's it's the autonomy and trying to respect our own autonomy and respect other people's autonomy. Um, you know, I, again, I'm very lucky that, you know, uh, for the most part, ex- you know, again, except from the familial pressures, which I'm sure a lot of it comes from myself. Um, I'm lucky to have dear friends who support me. Um, I have friends who have children and I respect and love their, their choice to, to be parents. Um, but I've, uh, uh, but you know, it's about that, respecting cool you are your own person and this is uh you know hopefully this is your choice to have children or mm-hmm. um hopefully this is your choice to not have children or your choice to adopt or any number of things um mm-hmm. but it's that it's that oh man i wish i wish the world was more about uh the the you do you thing right yeah yeah yeah, That's exactly. A great point. I mean, they talk about in another article I was reading how you you can't even and this is just go back to the woman's issue again. You it's hard to piece apart whether you want kids for your own reasons or for things that are entangled and enmeshed in your your culture. And I actually this brings up a question I had for Maxine. Uh is it true that in the US they have something called baby decision clarity mentors? I was oh. reading that in Business Insider, and I'm like, what? Don't Wait, start uh, me on baby <laughs> business. Because the business, and, and I honestly feel this is why people feel pressured to have children. Because you look at every ad that's on TV about having mm-hmm. you know, given birth, and the rose-tinted rainbows that like come out of a woman's vagina, or, you know, sorry, but... <laughs> I'll, I'll rephrase that because I know we're, we're not doing it with the kids. Um, but the, the soft glow on the woman's hair and the child as she as they run into the distance and the swelling music. And it's like, if, if it was the reality, so different. So mm-hmm. I think the the baby business really, you know, it's a business and we're not really – always aware of how much that we're indoctrinated by that and that's why it's so important to have podcasts like these and comedians like you Nina and filmmakers like me you know to be bringing this up all the time and bursting that bubble um Mm -hmm. so uh, you know when you talk about these different mentors parties you know birthing kind of like the it's a business and and let's be awake let's be woke to that (laughs) yeah and and they they make it so that they they push that consumeristic um, idea on you as a parent as well. Like you know you can't have the second hand baby carriage. Yeah. You got to have the Bjorn. That's literally the only baby carriage I know the name of. <laughs> <laughs> well done, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, 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 that's my baby knowledge right there. Done. <laughs> 
now question um for for yourself maxine um and for anyone else here for for those listening to this episode and and for myself uh you know uh, i'm glad that again to kid or not to kid is there as a resource um maxine while creating this documentary while doing your research um are what other sorts of resources other sorts of support that is out there for people who are um who who are choosing to be child free because uh, you know I, as this conversation is expanding my mind to um you know it's it should be something that should have some hopefully some support for people mm-hmm. to to uh, access yeah and i i think i mentioned a minute ago about in the process of me making the film I found more books and, you know, I have whole recommendations of books on my website, actually, because I, and a whole resources page because I really uh, and want... what's your website? ToKidOrNotToKid.com. And you can go onto the page and it actually says, do you want to have a baby or not? And that's the page that you can click on and go to my book reviews on all the books that I've read about the subject, that the number of blogs that are out there now, child-free podcasts that are out there, um, and uh, and what I've really been trying to do with the film as well is trying to um, spread the awareness amongst those people that treat us. To, so for psychologists or psychiatrists or primary care GP doctors or um, gynecologists. So I've been taking the film around to different conferences to bring that awareness to the people that treat us because we've heard so much in the research of women, they go to get fitted for contraception and it's always about when are you going to have the child, not are you or if it's an expectation that you're going to have children so you're being treated as if you are going to have children. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and For men as well, there can be, you know, you only have two options for contraception at the moment. So we have this great um, partnership with the Male Contraceptive Initiative because there should be more options for men too. Like Mm -hmm. you are such a part of this. And I love that it's two men hosting this podcast talking (laughs) about this subject because we don't hear enough from you. And I think that could also be a problem for you, Daniel, that you're not hearing it talked about enough for men too and there are a few articles that I can point you to that have been written in men's GQ and things like that um, because it's it's you know you need that stuff as well right yeah Absolutely. well and I think for men too it um, men tend to feel like we need to take the step back since it's such a massive decision for women because it is their body and they're the ones giving birth um, that I've, I feel like sometimes it's just not something we worry about as much, but it's totally something that men should worry about, not just women. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, also, I wanted to uh, make a quick mention uh, for anyone. Uh, Jeff, I'm enjoying this uh, mildly uncomfortable conversation that we're having. Uh, so uh, shout out to to our friend Debbie, uh, also based here in Vancouver, um, who uh, also has a similar, uh, runs a podcast about uncomfortable conversations. And I think, is this an upcoming one? Um, that uh, something similar. Uh, no, we released uncomfortable conversations. We did fear of conversations already. Mm-hmm, it's out right. live. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a great one. So uh, you know, absolutely, Maxine. Uh, you know, I think that being able to talk about this is the first time that I'm actually having 
this conversation ever in my life. Wow. Um, wow. You, I'm you know, so pleased uh, we could part, be part of this oh, with good. you. Thank you. Um, you know, and, uh, and I'm glad to have uh, gotten to, you know, know Jeff and uh, Jeff's become a really great friend. Um, and to be able to hear, you know, another male friend that, uh, that I can have this kind of conversation and to hear Jeff share his experiences um, is also very helpful. So absolutely. Mm. I think the ability to talk about this stuff is, is so important. Yeah. I yeah. think this too, uh, also I appreciate that you're, you're taking responsibility in the conversation. So whereas, whereas Jeff, you mentioned it before you'd be afraid and tentative, but it's actually helpful because in, in my mind, you're taking responsibility for your own con- contribution to the situation. Like if anything, mm-hmm. it helps the cause of, of talking about this. Like if you don't want kids, you're going to make sure you're doing what you need to do to make sure that that happens or it's yeah. not just leaving it to her to deal with. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Your problem because you got the womb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's, it's great that we can all, realize that we're in this 50 50 uh yeah i always have to be a little bit careful because i tend to get a little bit soapboxy about <laughs> child free by choice uh well i tend to get a little soapboxy about most things but <laughs> you're just passionate jeff you're just passionate. yeah yeah that's what it is well, that's what know, we'll call and, it and again you know i i think you know as you mentioned maxine you go around to to conferences and you you talk with different uh people in the in the medical field you were mentioning um, you know, and I think that, you know, it, it, like definitely that societal, that societal pressure is there. And so as things can grow and evolve and as different generations can, um, you know, uh, explore different ways to, you know, what does family mean to them? What do they need from life? You know, hopefully that, but I think some of that needs to also happen at the institutional level as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even even in elementary school and high school, it's about, OK, here's, um, you know, it's like, uh, ah, the family, you know, at some point in life, you're going to buy a house and have two point five kids. And that's yeah. that's what we learn in elementary school. Right. Like, oh, yeah. here's, here's the happy mommy and daddy with their two kids. And I also get it's because we're kids and we need to be. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm. It's, I see myself there, but it's, you know, I remember being younger and being like, oh yeah, when I grow up, I need to get that, that degree, get that job, get by mm-hmm. that house and have those kids and have those kids was like in that game plan that society lays out for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's the white pig fencers, right? Um, and I don't believe that anyone should have half a child either. Just so <laughs> <laughs> on average <laughs> we're looking at a stat of 10.2 per thousand people in 2020 versus uh 27.4 in 1950 wow yeah now, so oh sorry no well, with that population it's just then so surprising that we still have this indoctrination of this is the norm and and i love that you bring up about schools daniel as well because there have now been some uh, children's books that in the same way, you know, for the gay, you know, the gay community, our gay brothers and sisters, you know, there are yes. books, many books now, many, many books and have been of, you know, two mummies, two daddies, like this is a different family. This is how family looks now. And mm-hmm. um, we're starting to just see, uh, you know, oh, what, what if this young, do- this young girl doesn't want to have 
kids and I backed like you Jeff I backed this uh, Kickstarter for this <laughs> child's book um, and it's lovely it's delightful and I'm really excited to be sending that to my friends um, that have kids and you know I just last week got this lovely email in my inbox um, that went, gang- went gangbusters on social media when I posted about it because a, a parent watched the film with her two daughters and had the conversation when her two daughters said, oh, talk to me a bit about this mummy. What does it mean? And she was like, well, not everybody wants to have children. And mm-hmm. it was awesome because the film is very accessible. As you know, you've seen it. Um, you know, people can sit and watch it together as a family. Like, you know, um, there isn't, you know, too, you're not seeing anything that's going to be too shocking. <laughs> I was going to say nothing too shocking as the the film we watched in cap class in grade 12 back in the 90s where a woman actually gave birth and they showed the whole oh yeah thing. oh god <laughs> legs blood all and I'm like that's that's good to know yeah. that's not that's a bad sex ed class that's kind of cool for <laughs> all <a girl> education <laughs> yeah. now they've got the robotic babies as now as well right like they make the the teenagers take care of the robotic babies to make sure that they're oh. ready to to be parents. That's great. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I think for for you know, speaking just for myself, um, you know, and I'm I'm sure all of us have you know similar feelings about this as well too. But um, but you know, I I also you know I'm I also again you know applaud and support um anyone who who wants to have children and wants to have a family Mm -hmm. um you know again like uh we we have uh i i'm very lucky to to have a a beautiful niece her name is soleil she's i think about to turn lovely name yes um (laughs) and and she exemplifies the the name soleil um and that's from my my wife's sister's uh child um and their and and the wife's sister is also pregnant with their second on the way mm-hmm. and you know like they're they're you know it's what they they want and they they um they seem very happy and very ready and you know i'm very i'm i'm so glad that i in a very small way get to be a part of that as an uncle you know mm-hmm. and and you know in you know to hear your experience of uh with your niece maxine and uh and and Jeff, you you say you also have uh, nieces nephews. Uh, I have two nephews. Yeah, my my sister has two kids. Right. See, so yeah. so uh, you know, like I'm 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 very grateful that there are people in my life who do choose uh, for that, and I'm also grateful that uh, from from the extended family, you know, not once did I ever feel the pressure to have kids. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah so true. shout outs to all of the great parents uh, out there who are. Uh, who are doing it because we choose not to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I mentioned it earlier as well, but I think that's the whole uh, walking that line of us versus them as well. Um, I've I've never hated any of my friends or family that have decided to have children. Just because I've made that decision that I don't doesn't mean that I think everyone should make that decision. I think it's just a different decision I've made. And also hate hate is such a strong word. It's like a word that I rarely, rarely use. You know, it's not a word that I would put onto somebody for a decision they've made, you know. Mm -hmm. um, The only thing I did want to say, Daniel, is like, you know, um, you're talking about, of course, celebrating the people you know and the kids that they're having. and, and, And yes, 
but there is a lot of celebrations around having kids. Yeah, true. Um, and I just want to underline that a little bit because there isn't um, enough celebrations for deciding not to, which is just, I think, actually as big a decision because you're deciding not to. And when you watch the film and see my process, a lot goes into it as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I've decided now that I'm going to start celebrating uh, the day I got my vasectomy. Yeah! The <laughs> <laughs> anniversary. Point is something out really interesting, though, Maxine. That you you pointed out that there, you, there's a business behind all this. There's a business mm-hmm. behind celebrating kids. There's a business in paying for all these little you know extras. Obviously, kids already cost a lot. I think they estimated something around like two hundred thousand million dollars. Anyway, but uh, that's but a lot. Two hundred thousand million. There's all this excess. <laughs> so many there's zero. excess stuff yeah. to celebrate with the kids that you buy into, and you, of course, being this the stress and that that hearing that um, rhetoric about being the best parent. You want to get the best classes. You want to get the best reading books and blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, yeah, if you're single, oh my God, how are you going to contribute to the economy? (laughs) You know, there's three myths that, you know, going back to your subject of myths, um, because this is about science and let's look at myths out there that should be debunked (laughs) because your podcast is to be scientific. Um, But I have a big deal about um, paying, you know, why are we not contributing? You know, we're we're, um, not, you know, we are paying our taxes. We are putting money into schools. We are putting money into roads. And I have no problem with that, even though I don't have children. So I also do a pension. Um, But also we are going to live in a society, you know, let's get scientific here. We're going to be run by robots. Most of our manufacturing is going to be made by robots. And where are all the jobs going to be found? You know, we are just hit a huge crisis down in New York. And I don't know how we're going to rebound from the unemployment crisis we're hitting now because Mm -hmm. we're on lockdown. And we're going to, this is, this is, you know, I don't mean to put fear, you know, we talked about fear earlier. I'm more afraid of how are we actually going to find an economy for the people that are already here. And that's a big deal to me. And I actually feel by me not having children, because I don't feel I need to leave my legacy behind in kids. I actually feel I'm kind of giving back because no one has Mm -hmm. to support my kids, right, Um, in any way. And I don't have to find a job for them or I don't have to put them through school. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's one big myth. And there was another myth that you mentioned, Nina, that I really wanted to debunk as well. And I love that you say you had fantastic parents and you felt very loved. I think there's a myth that people don't have children because they had bad parenting. That is a mm-hmm. myth that also should go. Um, and, and, and I feel that, um, there isn't so much another myth we get like spinning off really from what you were saying, Jeff. The myth of like everyone hates having hates kids. That myth is like totally debunked when you look at social workers, you look at teachers, you look at how many people out there that are daily um, interacting with children and have a lot of energy for those children. So that we could Mm -hmm. go on and on and on about these myths. And I I know we don't have the time for it, but I know that was a subject that was important for the podcast. So I'm really pleased that we've been able to to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I think part of it too is just, you know, everybody has a story, right? Like it's it's learning about the individual rather than putting these uh, kind of societal stereotypes on them. Um, 
and just be like learn about that person right <laughs> like, the... i'm not shaming either way because like, yeah why shame yeah. like why my shame just Move on. <laughs> I, ego behind. I do. I do love the the uh, the day to celebrate your vasectomy. That is a great. <laughs> yeah, like, man. Like Vas- uh, vasectiversary. That's what it's called now. D- DQ would probably have a cake for that, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> popping a balloon, just kind of slice a cucumber. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start my own multi-million-dollar company making party supplies for vasectiversaries. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah, I will fund that, Jeff. All yes. the way. <laughs> now, uh, I, I think that this is um, uh, something that we may have touched upon a few different times during this episode, but we do have a we do have a question uh, that was sent to us via Twitter. Uh, of course, you can find us at at uh, Science Spheres on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram. Uh, shameless plug, uh, partway through an episode. <laughs> but uh, but we received a question via Twitter from at Daniel Beadle from Solana, California. Uh, he asked, uh, "What is the distinction between the fear of having children and rationally concluding you don't want children?" How do you know if you're making? How do you know if you are making a choice from a place of logic or from a place of fear? And again, hmm. like for my initial instinct is like my uh, my untrained instinct is to is to almost say you know when you know, but that doesn't yeah. sound very scientific. You know, <laughs> you guys have that problem where you have two movies that you want to watch, and you're with somebody else, and you don't know how to decide. But then you so you tell your partner, "Can you pick one?" and they pick one. You're like crap i was really hoping (laughs) if you feel good about your decision it'll feel good and that's a really good point yeah absolutely yeah that's awesome and wow and i don't know if there is a really a definitive way to know for sure um like i i feel lucky that i do know for sure but i i've talked to a lot of people that don't um and and that's okay i also had a unique situation of uh i'm not single anymore but i was single um and dating while being child free by choice um and having multiple relationships end um because they they didn't believe that I was fully uh, I had a full decision about it mm-hmm. um so there it's it's hard it's a hard thing to figure out right mm-hmm. yeah. thank you uh and and I think you know um if there's if there's one takeaway that I want people listening to this episode to have is is the is you know is to try and understand and respect your own autonomy um Mm -hmm. whether whether it's this whether it's about the the subject of childbirth or about uh oh man i think respect people respecting your own autonomy but also respecting other people's autonomy as well um and if we can respect ourselves and respect other people man i think that can spread into so many other different things that maybe could help oh, the world get absolutely we're just trying to make it in this crazy world <laughs> yeah i love what you just said nina though about kind of because that's sort of drilling down to finding your truth really it's and i i don't know how many of you have done this but i've so done this about dating before like should i end with this guy or not and i've done the should i shouldn't i list and and you know you always end up putting more on the side that you really want to do than you mm-hmm. do on the other side and right. uh, you know <laughs> 
I just really Nina's point, like at the end of the day, and Daniel, like you were saying, you you will know, but it's it's being true to yourself that I think is the most important thing to drill down and find. Um, you know, what do you want out of life? Because if you go into a relationship saying, oh, I definitely want kids, I definitely want kids, and you don't, I think that relationship is going to hit roadblocks, serious, serious roadblocks. And if any of you have seen the film, you'll see some of the, some of my mistakes and learn from my mistakes, like have those conversations early. You know, mm-hmm. with, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, like, or, or a gay relationship and you're deciding, do I want to, you know, am I going to use a sperm bag? Aren't I? What's, what's all involved in this? And have those conversations as early as possible. And, you know, I, I don't know whether that question specifically was attached to a relationship, but if it was mainly for yourself, good on you for even like having these conversations for yourself mm-hmm. uh, without even starting that conversation with your partner. And I think being true to yourself before you have that conversation with a partner too is is super important. Yeah. Although I do have That's advice true. for people who are child-free by choice and dating, uh, don't have that conversation on the first date. It never goes well. <laughs> <laughs> out of the way that's like second no. third date something like that <laughs> is that by experience oh it's by a lot of experience yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, um wow uh uh jeff uh that is a beautiful way to uh uh slowly wrap up this episode um jeff uh again uh you know thank thank you for uh coming up with this episode topic i'm uh, I learned a lot from our special guests, and I and I hope that our listeners um, have learned something, and uh, you know can take away some things that can maybe help them uh, look at themselves and and their outlook as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. I've I've wanted to do this episode for so long, and this is such an amazing conversation. I feel like this episode could be like four hours long. <laughs> It'll be like uh, one in the morning, Maxine, Maxine's still awake. <laughs> Try and make an hour and a half documentary about it when it's like, you know, I could have made, like, like you just said, Jeff, I could have made a four-hour film. Uh, uh, and I did manage to do a p- spin-off series, a web series for, for people that do want to watch it in schools or, or for younger people that, you know, are so used to YouTube, watching things on YouTube. There's a, a short series called Should We Kid or Not?, and it also includes like very much like, um, you know, uh, a gay couple that are talking about it, um, uh, a lot more diversity than I had in, my, in the film, even though there is, you know, many people that I go and meet with. It's a broad audience. It's a broad conversation. But it allowed me, the spin-off series allowed me to tell other people's stories in a way that I was telling mine in the film. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that. And that's called Should We Kid or Not on YouTube. Wonderful. Amazing. Now, uh, Maxine, for for uh, for everything about to kid or not to kid, uh, about should we kid or not, um, and uh, your other projects, uh, for our listeners of The Fear of Science, where can they learn more uh, about you and these? At the moment, please go to tokidornottokid.com. Everything is there, the links to the trailer, where you can watch the film, For again, because you're luckily probably having a lot of your audience in Canada, they can also watch it on CBC, but those are, those are international. Um, if you're in North America, you can watch it on Amazon and we're just about to release it around the world. So we should have a date oh, um, very, Wonderful. very soon that um, everyone can see it. So that's just about to be announced in like literally the next few days. Wow. Thank Amazing. you for having me as well, guys. Oh, you're thank welcome. you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
a wholehearted uh, recommendation. It's a, a great film and uh, yeah. uh, oh, absolutely educational and and entertaining as well. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, uh, for for Nina, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, uh, thank you for doing lots of great research. That was probably the most <laughs> yeah. research we've had on with a special guest in a while. So yeah, yeah, we barely do research, let alone our guests. <laughs> I mean, I can't be a documentary, but you know, I got two stats. Uh, but uh, uh, now, uh, Nina, as of this re- recording, you you do have an online comedy show uh, with Laugh Wild, right? Uh, yeah. To, uh, this episode is coming out in the future, but uh, for for people who hear this and eventually are curious about the work that you do, where can they find you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, right now I'm just trying to uh, open things up to to the artists that are still creating and having no platform. Uh, obviously, comedy is going to be affected a very long time because even when this, when when uh, the isolation measures start relaxing, we're still going to be seeing um, a lot of venues either shut down or at half capacity to allow for social distancing. So I think it's important that we adapt as much as we can to support the artists that we have. Uh, So right now I'm running a show called Comedy Snacks every Thursday at 8.30. It's just a quick half hour munch of wacko comedy. It's going to be stand-up, it's poetry, sometimes there's music, sometimes there's film. So it's just a, it's it's just, you get an inside look at how Vancouver is coping. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, That's 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, so. <laughs> Thank you. And for more information about that and and your work, uh, do you have a website or social media? Uh, yeah, probably social media. If you find Laugh Wild Comedy on Facebook, I have a page there with all the show dates and all the random stuff that we do. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks. Uh, and Jeff, for for uh, our child. Our child, our podcast. This is my child. Yeah. Is this the announcement uh, of your child? Yeah. Uh, surprise! Daniel and I are expecting. Yeah, uh, we got to, we've got to tell our respective gens. Yeah. Uh, but for our our podcast, baby, uh, where where can listeners find more about Fear of Science? You could find us um, at Science Fears on Twitter and Instagram, and Fear of Science on Facebook, and then where thefearofscience.com and we have a patreon as well if you want to support us that way as well so please yeah. support our baby <laughs> please support our baby babies are expensive oh, actually the podcast is not that expensive <laughs> wow. wow uh uh, everyone, I'm so I'm so glad and honored to have been a part of this conversation. And uh, uh, for for those listening, thank you for for listening and supporting uh, live comedy documentary filmmakers, uh, supporting uh, and of course supporting yourselves and your your family and your community as well. So uh, depending on where you are, depending on when you listen to this episode, um, we hope you are staying safe and well. And if you're listening to this, hopefully not too much further in the future, congratulations, you made it. It's We're all safe now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until the next time we get to talk again, my name is Daniel. And I'm Jeff Porter. And we are the Fair of Science. Thank you. Thank you.